KMTT Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. And today, Wednesday, another chapter in the series on the Akedah. This is Ezubek. Today's Shiur is dedicated in memory with the Nishmata of Shoshana Bat Shlomo, who passed away two weeks ago. By, uh, it's dedicated by her family. Tehei Nishmata Tzura Chayim. A couple of weeks ago, I discussed a comment in the Spatemet about the Akedah, which was on the phrase, Vayar et that Abraham saw the place after three days, but from a distance. And the Spatemet explained that from a distance means he was unable to bring it close to himself, because there was nothing to bring close, it was actually not a, a good act, and Abraham Avinu was close to all the good things, but could not be close to this. And that's actually not the major comment of the Svatemet on the Akedah, it's a relatively side comment, one which uh, I thought very significant. Today I'd like to discuss the, the, the repeated comment, the major comment that the Svatemet makes on the Akedah, which is a different point altogether. The Akedah begins with the words, Velukim Nisa et Avraham, which means he tested Avraham. And of course, testing was a question. What does it mean to test? As we've discussed in the past, why would God want to test somebody when he knows the answer? The Midrash says on the word eh, eh, Nisa, at Avraham, kines shel sfina. And what the Midrash means, literally, the word nes also means a mast or a pole. Kines shel sfina is the mast of a ship. Or, or a different pasuk that the Midrash brings, the kines harim, a, a pole that's placed on top of a mountain as a beacon or as, a, uh, as uh, some sort of a warning. Uh, and what it actually means is something that's very, very prominent. And I think the Pshad Midrash, we'll see what the Svat Emet says, but I think the Pshad Midrash means that, that uh, it's more or less like the Rambam, that the Akedah was a sign to others. God turned Avraham into an ace. Nisat Avraham, he made Avraham into a tall mast that could be viewed from a distance as a lesson to the world. What the lesson is, is that uh, the Rambam has his own opinion, one could... We can say other things. But the, the, the Svatemet uses this as, as, an, as a reason to say something else entirely. He, he interprets the word Nes, from which the word Nisayon comes, in light of the Midrash, to mean Nes, a miracle, which we usually talk about. Uh, and this is the season for Nisim. And he says as follows. Uh, So the Midrash quotes the Pasuk, Natata Vireecha Nes Lehit Noses. You gave to your, uh, those who fear you, meaning the Jews, a Nes Lehit Noses. So Svatema says the following, that the act of Amavinu provides the basis for a future characteristic, a future salvation, a future weapon, a future uh, 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 foundation for the existence of Am Yisrael. This is, in general, a, a, a approach to the Yakeda that is found in other, in other comments as well of Chazal and in Mefashim. Namely, what does the Akedah change in Jewish history? For instance, the use that we use of the Akedah on Rosh Hashanah, when we say that God should help us because He should remember the Akedah. In other words, that, that the Midrash says right away that the, and in fact the Pasuk says, because of this, 
Because of the Akedah, I will be good to the Jews. And the Medrash says that the Akedah is the basis for God's Rahmanus in the future for the Jews. So, dealing with that, the, the Svatevit goes a step further. That the basis is the word nes, the word, the word miracle. And he says as follows. What is a miracle? A miracle is something which is michutz legedera something which is unnatural, supernatural, not usual, but but beyond the bounds, beyond the strength, beyond the potential that we thought existed. He said, what did Avraham Avinu actually accomplish in the Akedah? And his answer is, Avraham Avinu accomplished in the Akedah is that he acted beyond the bounds of normal, natural ability. In other words, it's, it's a particular take on the sacrifice and what, what, what is the effort involved. I think we've discussed in the past, very much of what we've discussed has gone around the question, what is Avraham Avinu doing that's, that's so unusual? The, the, it involves a sacrifice, not a korban, but a sacrifice. Avraham Avinu is, is going beyond what was expected. So we've discussed, did he sacrifice his ethical uh, intelligence? Did he sacrifice his pain? Did he sacrifice his love? Did he sacrifice his son? What the Svatemet is putting his fingers on is that the main thing is, it's not just that it's very difficult. You are willing, you meaning my audience or myself, you're willing to sacrifice $10 to buy a, to buy a pretty etrog. Someone else, a bigot tzaddik, will do a hundred dollars. Avraham Avinu is a bigot tzaddik, so he'll do a thousand dollars plus a son. He says, no, it's more than that. Most of what we do is 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 could be expected. It's possible. It's within the realms of the natural. God really exists. God has demands, and 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 the good has demands, and ideals have demands, and therefore it's in fact normal. It's admirable, but nonetheless normal for someone to make an effort, to suffer pain, to make a sacrifice in order to fulfill this ideal or that ideal or that ideal. But there is, in fact, a, a boundary. There is a limit. We discussed in one of the previous shiurim how the Akedah, uh, last week's shiurim, among other things, and, and going back to the Ramam a few weeks ago, how the Akedah is about saying that there is no limit. Well, so Spadam says, of course there's a limit. But Rabbi Mavinu goes beyond the limit. And it's not just a relative point. Oh, you thought there was a limit, but there really isn't. No, there really is a normal, natural ability what can be expected from a human being. To sacrifice one's child for God is unnatural. And hence, supernatural. I think it's important in this Fat Emma's uh, approach here to emphasize that there is a limit or else we'll lose the the special effect, the special point, insight that he's trying to develop here. It's not that for greater cause there's always more one can do, and this is the greatest of all causes. It, it doesn't make sense at first blush. Within the laws of nature, laws of nature, of course, refer to physical laws, but apparently there's also some sort of an ethical law of nature or, or, or just a psychological law of nature. It's not psychologically possible under the regular rules for one to sacrifice one's son, one's child, for, for the sake of God. This directly relates to what we talked about last week. Is, in fact, is the Akedah based on a statement that, at least theoretically, 
were it not for the ethical problems involved, were it not for God's goodness, then one should give up even one son. It's right. It's worthy. It's a true sacrifice to give up one son for God. See, the point is slightly different. He's saying on the one hand it's not, but on the other hand, Amaminu did it anyhow. And by breaking the bounds of the natural in his devotion to God, Abraham Avinu says about Akedah, it says, Sfatemet, uh, uh, introduces into Jewish history the principle that the supernatural works and exists. And that is the basis of Jewish existence. Because without the principle of the supernatural, without the principle of the miracle, Jews cannot exist. Jewish existence, says Sfatemet, in a historical comment, is based on the miraculous. Given the relationship between the Jews and the rest of the world, which one can view either historically, in which case it's surely true that the Jews would have been swallowed and eradicated long ago, and I think he's viewing it more on a spiritual basis, there is an inherent contradiction between the existence of the Jews and the nations of the world, the Jews could not possibly exist were their existence not guaranteed by the supernatural, by the miraculous. In other words, Jewish existence is historically a miracle. What the, where does that miracle come from? Why? Why, why do they merit having a miracle? What is the basis for the miracle as a fact? Not, a, not that an intervention. But, but yes, your normal situation is that you are a miracle. That, that's his point. Not that, that sometimes you can have miracles occurring but that your normal situation is that you're living a miracle. To breathe as a Jew every single day is a miracle because the whole world is against you. That, that's the way he actually phrases it. The whole world is against you. The answer is because miracle is part of Jewish existence. Why is the miracle part of Jewish existence? Because Avram Havinu placed the miracle in Jewish existence. When? When did he do so? The answer is because he lived his life as a miracle not because God intervenes and saves him, but because he intervened in himself. He surpassed the bounds of the natural when he agreed to, to sacrifice his own son. If you think of the language we use in Shema Yisrael on Rosh Hashanah, Kavash Rachamav La'asot conquered or uh, subjugated his mercies in order to do your will. No, it's not that he did a lot. He had to destroy something. He had to break something. He broke the rachamav. And then we say to God, so you too, you should lichbosh ka'ascha me'aleinu. You should subjugate, conquer, bind, demote your anger, your justified anger, in order to be good to us. In other words, there is really a logic that says the Jews should not exist because in this case, in Tefillah, God is angry at us. Or there's a logic that says the Jews should not exist because the world is not a place for them. The world is based on other factors altogether, apparently. Greed and, 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 and idolatry and, and not, not Jewish values. Jewish values can't exist here normally. But there's another principle that says it's possible to conquer Lichbosh, those uh, uh, conditions, and and nonetheless uh, go ahead, and therefore we can exist. Well, who said that you can conquer and destroy natural conditions? Who said that the world has this principle? The answer is Avraham Avinu, not God. Avraham Avinu said it when he sacrificed when he sacrificed his son.
This is a very, very powerful idea. One, it has implications about understanding the Akeda. The implication is that the Akeda is not about devotion, only about devotion, but it's about supersession. It's about it's about transcendence. Avraham Avinu transcends himself. This 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 suggests reminds us a bit, not too much, but a bit of Kierkegaard's comment on the Akedah, that the Akedah is the ethical is the is the theological suspension of the ethical. Ethical rules say he's talking about the ethical there, not about the love and 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 the psychological bounds, but about the ethical bounds. Ethics says, do not sacrifice your son, and Avraham Avinu transcends even that. So I have claimed in my first couple of shirim that there is no such thing as the theological suspension of the ethical. That wouldn't be miraculous. That would be too miraculous or wrong kind of miraculous to break the bounds of the ethical. But the but it's a similar point nonetheless. He's saying that Avraham Avinu here breaks the bounds. He transcends the rule that applied beforehand. The rule that applied before and is to love one's son. The rule that applied before and is to cherish one's children. To view them being not merely as valuable in perhaps the monetary or the physical sense, but being valuable in the ethical sense. But then for a greater cause, Abraham Abinu breaks his own character. But so that, that's the point I think that is, is common to Kierkegaard's attitude here and to the Svatemeth. That Abraham Abinu here is transcending he uses the term suspension. Transcending perhaps is even a, a more extreme term. Avraham Abinu transcends himself, transcends humanity, transcends normality. Now, the second implication is, I'm going to say two things now which are actually contradictory, but I'm going to say them very quickly. Hopefully you won't notice. On the one hand, if in the past we spoke about, about Avraham Abinu as teaching us a rule, giving us a, a way of life, the Svatama is saying it's an anti-rule. On the other hand, it is a way of life. Both things are true. The Jews are an anti-rule. It's not that Avraham Avinu is simply disclosing to us a truth which would apply to all humanity or to natural existence. That this is how one should act. He says, no, on the contrary. Avraham Avinu is an exception. He's an exceptionary. He's a super exceptionary example. He's not a normal but ideal human being. He's a super ideal human being. Now, on the one hand, you would say, so that implies that the Akedah is not a lesson for us at all. If it's an exception, it's an exception to the rule, then what can we learn from it? But then the Svatemin continues and says, Jewish existence is an exception. We're supposed to learn from the exceptions. So I don't know that that necessarily means that one should learn to act like Avraham Avinu. I, I assume the Svatemin does think we should act like Avraham Avinu, but that's not his point here. It could be that in this particular act, you don't follow. This is really a once-in-history act. The significance of the Akedah is not that it's normal, but that it's abnormal. It only needed to be done once in order to change the future flow of human history. So in that sense, he is taking the Akedah out of Jewish history. You will not be called upon, I hope, nor need you necessarily act as Abba Aminu acted. The, the, the significance of the Akedah was that it took place once and took the Jews out of history, took Avram's descendants out of history. On the other hand, the effect of the Akedah becomes for us normal. The supernormal is normal for the Jews. The miraculous, the unusual, the transcendent is the normal, imminent existence of the Jews in the world.
both contradictory to the world, but nonetheless shielded and existing in the world. We exist in the world by virtue of being a miraculous existence, which is antithetical to what the world stands for. So the Akedah is both extraordinary and normal at the same time. It's extraordinary, but extraordinary is normal for us. I think the conclusion is that, in fact, the Akedah is not an example, according to this approach. I mean, there could be other approaches as well, which Akedah would agree, but this particular point says, it's not that you should get up in the morning and say, I would like to act like Abamavino. If only I were a better person, I would, in fact, do it. Absolutely not. It's even possible, although the Sfat Emet does not say this, that, that few would be wrong to do so. You, you could develop this in any, in, in any way you want. The point is, the Akedah is not held up as an example to emulate, but as a principle, not the ethical principle, but the idea of transcendence itself, of suspension of the rules, is held up as a principle which is imminent and inherent in Jewish existence by definition. There is an uh, interesting comment made by Rabbi Yudha in the Perusha Tfilot. Rabbi Yudha was the Rav of the Ramban, a uh, 12th century sage living in Provence, he wrote one of the first commentaries to the tefillah. We say in Shemon Esrei, in uh, the third bracha of Shemon Esrei, in the version that begins the Dor Vador, we say, Ukdoshim b'choyom And the holy ones will every day praise you. So the question is, who are the holy ones? Ukdoshim b'choyom and so he quotes the Medrash, which appears to be somewhat disconnected to the actual pshat of the of the bracha. He quotes the Medrash that says that God says that I am holy, and therefore you should be holy. The pasuk, to you, kikadoshani. And he says that's why I took you out of Egypt, because since you will be holy like me, therefore I do miracles for you. So the connection to the Bracha appears rather tenuous. I think you have to think about that. I'm not going to go into that right now. That's not the purpose of the Shi'ur. But I think the meaning of the Midrash he's quoting is that what's the connection? Is making a connection. The Midrash is drawing a connection between holiness and the miraculous. Why does God do miracles for the Jews? Because they are holy. I think that's the same point that Svatemat is making. What is holiness? Holiness means transcendence. Kadosh, 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 or Kadoshim to you. So the Ramban says, Perushim to you. Separated. The Rav very often, I heard more than once, of Salvechik explained, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh means transcendent, transcendent, transcendent. God's Kedusha means that He is above, beyond. Not, not, not part of the world. Not subject to causation, to cause and effect, which is what rules the world. God is holy, but you can be holy too. I mean, you can be holy too. How can you be holy? Holiness means transcendence. A man can't be out of the world. Man is in the world. But I think that's the point. Yes, men or Jews or those who obey Hashem can in fact transcend the world because they can be like God. And transcendence means breaking the rules. 
So, you don't perhaps have the ability to fly just because you say so. But yes, you have the ability to fly. You have the ability to not be bound by that which bounds you. You have to stress both sides of the equation. You are bound, but you can transcend the bounds. Not that you're not bound. An eagle is not transcending when he flies. But a human being is transcending when he does tshuva. When he changes his psychological makeup. Or when he sacrifices his son for God, as Abraham Amino did. Or when he does any of those things by which we elevate and transcend beyond what we were yesterday. And the Midrash says, God takes you out of Egypt. God does for you the ness because you are Kedoshim. If you accept in your lives, if you live your lives on the basis of Kedusha, where Kedusha means not letting the rules, the natural rules of the world hold you back, breaking the bounds where it's necessary, then God also breaks the bounds. Then God also says, if you're not subject to those rules, then you're not subject to the laws of gravity either. You have to choose. How do you want to live? Do you wish to live as part of the rules? Within cause and effect? In which case you'll be no more than what you are. You won't be able to radically improve your lives. You will be, you will be creatures of habit, psychology, rules, laws, uh, traits, genetics, upbringing, nurture, nature. That's what you will be. You will be the sum of the things which made you, for good or for worse. And you also will be subject to the, the rules of nature as to where you can walk, how far you can jump, how long you will live, and whether you can survive at all. Or you can choose to live in a different world, a world of Kedusha. The world of Kedusha is one where you don't see yourself bound by the rules which are apparently part of existence. Because you can surpass yourself, you can transcend yourself, in which case the laws of gravity will not apply to you necessarily either. Again, this is not, we're not into some sort of Eastern philosophy where a man who's a Kadosh can fly. That, that, that's not the point I'm making now. The Svatabit might in fact have believed in it, but I'm not suggesting it for you. This isn't saying that he who, he who, he who follows the Torah or he who is Kadosh can do anything he wants. He's saying that God guarantees that his life will be protected by the miraculous and not by, and not by, uh, and not by, and not by anything else. This is the point that Svatabit here is making. And I think we have to see it in relationship to the topic we talked about two or three weeks ago about how man transcends himself. What in fact was the point that I was making when we talked about the Chastai Kreskas and, and even the first Svatemet that the that a man lives by transcending himself. It's a totally different attitude towards the Akedah but it's the same point. In the Akedah Avamavinu transcends himself by becoming better than he was yesterday. Not so much in the act of the Akedah, but in the result of the Akedah. It's a different different attitude towards the same problem. Man has Tzadam Elohim. Man can be more than he can be. What the Svat Emet is saying is that that's not the normal way that people act, but it's an extraordinary action on the part of Abba What I was really saying in the past was that the extraordinary has to be the normal because that's the meaning of life. If you don't transcend yourself, then you're static. And to live as a human being, to live as a human being in the light of God, is to constantly transcend yourself, to grow. 
to grow, to create, uh, to be different, to be mahalech, to be a walker, and not and not a stand-up. The basic point here is the same point. What the Svatemet has added in an interesting uh, 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 comment is the connection between psychological transcendence of oneself and the miraculous transcendence of the laws of nature. Now, if that's meant to be literal, then there's a bit of a mystical inv- uh, notion involved here. Uh, if it's meant to be moral and justified, then I understand it a little bit better. Since you live a life of self-transcendence, then it's right and proper, and perhaps even perhaps metaphysically justified, that your existence should also not be subject to the boundaries and the bounds and the binds of the world of the world around you. Part of the Svat Emes's comment is also derived from a certain attitude towards the world, which is not my is not my topic today. It has nothing to actually do with the Akedah. Namely that he in fact sees the miraculous not merely being as something which accompanies Jewish existence, but as something on which which defines Jewish existence. He thinks it's ridiculous to imagine Jews existing were it not for the miraculous. That's because he has this attitude, which you know is well ingrained in, in Jewish history, and I wouldn't dismiss it lightly at all. Uh, that says that the world is against us. I think he doesn't mean this person or that person or a lot of non-Jews. He means the world. He means Olam Haza is inimical to Jewish existence, to the existence, not of a people who have this or that trait, but but the spiritual Torah-based existence. Okay, so that, that that's a certain uh, uh, conception, which is not a topic today, as to is the world one with Torah or anti-Torah? I assume everyone, most of you are familiar with the opposite sources. The source that says that the world is based on Torah. God, in fact, made the world to reflect Torah. I'm not saying it's a contradiction, but you know, there, are, there is an opposite attitude well ingrained in Chazal, but it's also true, especially when viewing people, when viewing non-Jewish people of the world, but perhaps also when viewing uh, other rules in the world, to not view the world as being naturally a an amicable place for Jewish spiritual Torah existence. It's a very, very deep question, and, 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 it, and it's not a minor question. It's a really important question, because sometimes, especially today, uh, I think we often hear the theory very much based on the message I just quoted, that that uh, Torah fits in; it's natural, and, and sometimes people even argue that you know if it doesn't appear to us to be natural, then it can't possibly be true in the Torah as well. So you come across certain halachot which are really very uh, you know inhuman or appear to be inhuman or very very difficult, and therefore people would simply reject them. No, it can't be the real intention of the Torah because the Torah is like uh, you know the thing that makes people happy. This especially fits in with a lot of American uh, pop religious uh, theory. How religion is helps you makes you lead to lead a healthy life. So Torah should also make you lead a healthy life. Yeah, I was subject to many many years of propaganda and propaganda of education from the Rafam Salavechik against this idea, who really claimed that Torah is anti-normal traits. It comes to correct human beings. It doesn't come to make you happy. It might make you miserable. Being a spiritual personality, in fact, involves a great deal of, of tension and, 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 and torment even. 
for those of you who have, led, who have read the Lonely Man of Faith, the theme will be will be will be quite uh, common. So I'm saying this gets to that question, but but that's not a question. That's nothing to do with the Akedah. And even if we didn't understand it the way the Svatemet understands it, it's still it is still true, and a and a constant theme in Chazal, the Jewish existence is at least uh, accompanied by the miraculous. Miracles are a constant factor in Jewish existence. Something I think we all grew up on in a historical sense. The Jewish people in their journey through the nations have obviously survived uniquely among all the nations of the world only because of a quite evident miraculous intervention of God. And so so his 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 point about the Akedah is taken in any event. And as to how deeply the, the, the truth the real implications of the point would be somewhat weakened if we were only saying that since Avraham Avinu did the Akedah so the Jews can expect miracles sometimes. What he's really trying to say is that since Avraham Avinu was a supernatural personality therefore the Jews are not that they have recourse to supernatural but their very existence is by definition supernatural. Then, Then his the vote, at least, of the Svatemeth comes out to be much stronger. But the point itself is, I think, well taken in any event. And uh, for our purposes, understanding of Amavino, it does, in fact, change the way we view of Amavino. Not as the best of all people, but as the above and beyond what could be expected of a natural person, of someone who was only, who was only a person. Okay, that's it for today. We'll be back next week with another aspect, another comment, another insight into this fascinating story of Akedat Yitzchak. This has been Ezra Bek, Kol Tov, from KMTT. Tomorrow, the Shir of Harav Asaf Bednash in Hilchot Shabbat. Until then, Kol Tov, Mi Gushetzion, Alon Shvot, KMTT.